You're listening to A Mighty Love, the podcast for honest and witty love wisdom. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to A Mighty Love. I am one of your co-hosts, Demetrius. I am your other co-host, Polly M. Hey, thank you for showing up today. Oh, thank you for being here when I showed up. Oh, you're welcome. It would have been weird if I showed up and you didn't at your own house. Yeah, but Jen would have let you in. You guys could have hung out. Let's talk about showing up mm-hmm. for people. Yes. So what does it mean to show up? I'm posing the question to you. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of meanings for what it means to show up. I think there's like a very literal meaning of like physically showing up. Like I did physically get myself here so mm-hmm. we could record this episode. And that's yes. an important part of recording the episode. Of I course. have to physically be here. Yeah. I guess we could learn how to do it over Skype, but... That's not, it's not as It kind of ruins the dynamic a little bit, I think. Yeah. Unless you have a super sweet setup, in which case I guess it's working great. But I think, so there's like the physically showing up and Mm -hmm. it's not just physically showing up to their house or whatever, but it's also like, in spite of it being maybe difficult or unpleasant or tedious to show up for someone physically that you do it anyway in service of your relationship with them. So you are, you know, like, okay, you know, they're really excited and they're doing an open mic and the slot they got was midnight on a Wednesday. And like, you're like, it's not a time I want to go see stand up, but that's the time (laughs) they got. And you physically go despite it being inconvenient and maybe not your favorite time to see stand up because you want to be there and you want to be supportive. Yeah. That's kind of what I think of. Yeah, I would agree. I think that a lot of times in relationships Mm -hmm. that are going through tough times, One person has a view of something like showing up quite literally. Mm -hmm. Like I was there for you. I did X, Y, Z for you. Yes. And they're taking it to mean like I was physically there. You asked me to do this and I did it. Mm -hmm. And usually where the disconnect happens and the person that's clearly upset, it's like, you can physically be somewhere, but you're not there with me. You're not you gotta showing be up. Yeah. Engaged. Right. Like if you show up to the stand up show at midnight, but then you're like goofing on your phone and aren't listening, I mean, you don't you get partial credit for yeah. physically being there, but if you're not engaging, then that doesn't really count. Yeah. No, I agree. Or if your friend is like, Ah, I gotta go to this stupid work event will you please come with me? And then you're like, Ugh. you know, you but if you show up and you're charming and you make crack some jokes with their coworkers and then you leave like that's showing up that's if showing you're there up. and you're like being a point in the ass or like bored or just like hang around by the bar trying to get as many drinks as you can it's not really really showing up yeah no i agree yeah it's there's an element of you're doing it although it might be a little bit unpleasant because you want to do something kind for the other person mm-hmm. and you're you're leaning in yeah so like Showing up emotionally, what does that look like to you? Mm, I think similarly, there's an element where it might be difficult or unpleasant, but you are doing it regardless. Like, I mean, like, it's easy to show up emotionally for someone. Like, if you're having a great day and, like, in a pretty good mood, the person's like, oh, gosh, I'm having a hard time. And you're like, oh, tell me. And you're like, you're in a good headspace to be a good listener. Yeah. That's not hard. And that is nice for you to show up in that way. But, like, it's much harder, like, when you're going through something... And in spite of that, like, you are able to be emotionally available for what your partner needs, whether it's, like, they're going through grieving or they're just, like, struggling with something that you 
are choosing to engage with it fully, or even if you're not going through something, to like really like listen and be what you can to them. Yeah. To help them with whatever it is that's giving them a rough time. Like that's what I think of as showing up emotionally. Yeah. When I think of, when I look at my own life and I think of showing up emotionally, let's say one of us in my relationship has a bad day Mm -hmm. and the other person has a bad day at work. Like we both had bad days at work, but one of us had a really bad day. Mm -hmm. Like maybe I had a bad day where it's like, oh man, I didn't. I wasn't able to go to the gym on my lunch break. And it's like, that sucks. Mm -hmm. And the other person's like, I'm dealing with like systemic and structural sexism. Yeah. And it's frustrating. And I could just come home and be like, okay, whatever. Like, that sucks. Yeah. But showing up emotionally is like, I also had a bad day. But like, let me like listen to you. Like, let me be here for you. Let me be a sounding board. Sometimes I just don't say anything. Sometimes I do. But like, that's what it means to show up emotionally. Like, you can get home and you both of you are in a bad mood. But like, sometimes you need to show up emotionally, even when you maybe sometimes need a little support too. Yeah, it's like, true. That's what I think of. I think sometimes showing up emotionally can be different. It's really depressing. Depends on, like, what the needs are of the person Mm -hmm. you're with. Like, for someone to show up emotionally for me, like, I need them help me get out of, like, a super negative loop. And, like, like, I'm, like, spiraling. I'm, like, everything is terrible. I'm about to lose my job. I'm going to be homeless and live under a freeway overpass. Like, like, I I need someone to be, like, okay, whoa. Like, (laughs) let's interfere with this, like, extremely, like, dark negative spiral you're on. Let's just, let's disengage with that for a minute. And sometimes... What I just need to have is someone to go, yeah, like, yeah, that's terrible. I don't even have a good suggestion for you. I just, like, that's rough. And, like, what your partner might need one or both of those or maybe neither or maybe, like, they do want you to, like, literally problem solve with them and, like, say, like, okay, what, like, what are we going to do about this fact that, like, you know, like, the your dog is, like, peed on your bed for the 50th time? Like, what like what practical solutions are we going to come up with to solve this issue um <laughs> i hope that that's not what's going on with you by the way oh no although <laughs> uh in the spirit of showing up for you listeners i'm going to tell you my favorite tip for dealing with animal pee which is wash your items with a cup of vinegar totally gets the smell out oh do you know that i did not know that it really helps i've just been using like specific like spray yeah like there are products that are like supposed to get cat pee out or dog pee out but Mm -hmm. like vinegar. the cheap ways vinegar is it it white vinegar or red vinegar probably white i'm assuming i've heard you can use both i've always used white good to know yeah good to know anyway this really isn't about showing up although i guess if you have a urine related problem now you know yeah do you think that works for human urine I that is how I found out. Uh, not because I experimented <laughs> with human urine. Just for clarity, this sound this episode sounds so weird now. No, um, I was complaining to the vet because my cat this is boring. My cat has a health thing and like pees on stuff sometimes, and so when they're on the medicine, it's not a problem. But when the cat was peeing on stuff a lot, I was like, oh, I'm washing everything, and like I'm washing it with the special pheromone release, like removing stuff, yeah. but like. I don't know if the cat's peeing on it again because they're sick or they're peeing on it again because it still smells like pee. Like, I don't know what I'm... And then she's like, oh, you don't need to buy that fancy stuff. Just wash it with a cup of vinegar. The Like, the vet tech told me. And I was like, oh, oh, wow, thank you. And she's like, yeah, yeah, it totally works. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. She's like, I works for people. I found out my... 
She's like, my mother-in-law in like the last years of her life like needed a lot of care and that is how oh. I found out. And I was like, oh, wow. And she's like, yep, works for all kinds of pee. And I was like, well, good to know. Thank you. Know you know what? That's actually a great segue into another type of showing up. Mm. Uh, when you support someone, mm-hmm. I think that that's a great example like of someone. Tech? Yeah, that vet tech showed up. Helping your mother-in-law yeah. and me. Yeah, both. Very helpful, both. Exactly, vet tech. Yeah. Um, I don't give this person enough credit, really. Yeah, this vet tech. This unnamed vet tech. Yeah. Um, I think that support is a... Just supporting people. A great example, it's the simplest and easiest example is that one of the people listening to this episode right now is very likely my fiance who supports the thing that I do. Like Mm -hmm. she really supports the thing I do. She shares it. She likes it. She talks about it to people. Like she is incredibly supportive. And I hope that she feels the same way about me. I like to think that I try to be supportive. But like things like supporting people, like, yeah, I'm, I'm your cheerleader. I'm cheering you on. I'm, yeah. doing, I'm helping you get there, you know? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think that one of the things that I thought was very supportive, like during my PhD, like a PhD is such a fucking slog. It is like a long marathon in the rain. Like yeah. it's just it never fucking ends it's like a long marathon in the rain where you have no watch and no concept of time like you don't know how close you are to the end for so much of it you're like am i in the middle am i close to the end am i very far from the end and like every sign is ambiguous i think some people have much better experiences than i do but mine as far as i can tell is not that unusual and it's so hard and it's so easy to be defeated and like i had a lot of darkest before the dawn moments during my phd and like my husband like really like but remember like two years ago you went through this and like and then this thing happened you just have to keep going and not quit and like you just have to keep going and not quit was like exactly what i needed right then is like just don't quit (laughs) just keep going Yeah. yeah and like that made a big difference for me and you know i think people vary a lot to the degree that you feel like you're how much your partner contributed to your success and like how much you want to acknowledge their role in your success. And like, I wouldn't like, I feel like some people go too far where I'm like, that's weird. Like, Oh, like my husband earned this PhD as much as I did. Like, I would never say that. I'm like, I wrote that goddamn document (laughs) myself. Every like God, every last word was typed in blood and tears. But, um, he was very much a part of that process. And like, I am very grateful that like, he was like a sounding board and like, pushed me on especially when I felt like so like frustrated and like hating the whole process I think that that's a big thing is like when someone's going through like a very long and arduous process is to continue to urge them to not quit oh yeah push through yeah yeah or quit when something is or quit when it's so horrible that you should quit there's no reason to stay yeah uh, similarly, my, uh, I would say that my boyfriend urged me to leave academia. I mean, I was already thinking about it, but like at the point where it got to be no longer a tenable career choice, both for me in terms of ever finding a paying job or, and also me not wanting to like murder every single person I had ever worked with. And he's like, I think it makes you unhappy and you should quit. That was also showing up for me. Like, yeah. take a look at this situation. This is not paying out. Yeah, it's yeah. not working out. No, yeah. no. And it worked out. You're yeah. much happier. So. I am. Yeah. Thank God. You haven't murdered anyone that I know of, so. That's good enough for me. Yeah, that's that's all we need. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Another great greeting card. You haven't yeah. murdered anyone I know. That I know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. One of the things that we are on the show is consistently weird. Yeah. Which is a way to show up. I think it's for, a brand. Yes. 
consistency. Mm -hmm. Consistency, I think, is wildly important. Uh, I'm one of those people where if thing or if people or things are inconsistent, I immediately assume I can never rely on you. Yeah, you will never show if you don't show up for me like consistently. Then I know that you will never show up for me, and I just planned for you to never show up. Yeah, and that to me is one of the worst things. It's like in the past, I've dated someone who dated multiple people who did this, but I'm thinking of someone specifically who, you know, hey, we're going to do this thing with my friends. Mm -hmm. Like, we've agreed to this. Please show up. Yeah. And then last minute, oh, bail. Cool. Mm -hmm. Second time, same scenario. And so you can show up by being consistent. Mm -hmm. And alternatively, you can not show up by consistently not showing up. You know, like right. you, if you build a pet, consistency works both ways. And when someone can consistently count on you, you're showing up for them. Yeah. I think I'm thinking of like how when I was younger and we used to throw a lot more parties, like my husband and I would throw a party together and like, we're like, okay, who are the people we know are going to come? Mm -hmm. And we'd email like those two or three people and be like, we're thinking about having it this day, this day, or this day. And then they'd be like, oh, I can come on. We'd pick the day that like the three people we knew who would come would come on. And we're like, okay. Oh. And then, so we know we're going to get these people. And then we will also get other people. But like oh, yeah. choosing the people that you know will show up and planning it around them was like a strategy to like ensure a core base of people showing up. Smart. Yeah. Yeah. And I think consistency too, like it's easy to be consistent in showing like care and demonstrating love to someone when things are going great and you know yeah. but it's it's hard to continue to do this when things are tough for you or when things are tough for them like it's it's really hard to see someone you love struggling with something and you can't really help them with it oh yeah like it's hard like if they're like yeah i like you know like they're restructuring at work and i might lose my job like you have no control over that mm -hmm. you can't do anything about that and you yeah. like wish that there was like something you can do but like realistically what, what you can't do anything about it and you're just yeah. showing up and supporting and being the best you can be to help them figure out what comes next but like that's all you can do and that's a hard thing to really emotionally engage when you know that the other person is hurting and you can't really do a whole lot about it other yeah. than be there. Yeah. But that's when it matters the most in a way. Yeah. And as someone who likes to think that he shows up, I think that is often one of the hardest ways to show up for someone is when they're, when they are going through something and you feel like you're not helping, whether or not you are actually like, they might say like, no, even just like talking to you, even though I can't, you can't solve this problem. Like I know for me, like, I immediately go into problem-solving mode with problems. Like, it doesn't matter yeah. who gives me a problem. Like, you could come up to me and be like, man, you know, I'm really trying to solve this problem about, like, how we make mass transit more affordable in mm -hmm. Vancouver. And I'd be like, okay, all right, let's do some research. Let's download some maps like, of Vancouver. There's no yeah. point in this, but, right. like, I'm naturally just, like, I get into problem-solving mode. And yeah. it's really hard when there's a hardship going on in someone's life that you care about that you can't fix. No. But... One piece of advice that I've learned is that you should ask if there's anything you can do. Mm -hmm. And if somebody says there's literally nothing you can do, like, you know, in the example where you said that they're restructuring, yeah, there's nothing that I could do if I was dating someone who was restructuring. But what I can do is listen and be a sounding board. Mm -hmm. And there's other ways to support besides like solving problems. Sure. 
And you can also, I mean, I think sometimes also when people are having a hard time that it's hard for them to even think of what you could do to help them. Because they're mm, like, yeah. I don't know. But if you can do some of the work of thinking, like, is there something I can do for them? And do some of the brainstorming and then offer. You can say, like, I'm really sorry that you're, like, worried you might lose your job. Like, do you want me to, like, look through LinkedIn with you for an hour and, like, see if, like, you know, there's a job on there you want to maybe apply to or something? Or, like, do you want me to sit down with you for 20 minutes and, like, help you clean up your resume? Like, yeah. If you're willing to do some of the work of like brainstorming, like, is this something helpful I could do for you? That's some th sometimes like, especially when someone's in like the thick of it, like they can't even think of what would I want for that would be helpful. Yeah. Sometimes you might need to help them by thinking of what you can do to help them. Yeah. Do a little brainstorming. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. I think that's especially true when a problem seems overwhelming to the person you're supporting. The yeah. person that you're showing up for, if they feel overwhelmed by a problem, like they don't have an answer. Like, how do you know if you barely understand your problem or your problem seems daunting? Like, what solution can you come up with? But as an outsider, like brainstorming objectively often can help. And even if they decide like, OK, all your ideas are dumb, like I've already thought of this. It's all silly. Like, I think that show that seems like a good idea, at least for the most part. But. Yeah, I think also like. I'm thinking of showing up not necessarily in a relationship context, but like occasionally, like I remember when I had first started at my job that I came to recently, like someone invited me out to drinks maybe after work or like they invited to me. Oh no, they invited me to go get lunch with a bunch of people, but I had already like scheduled to go to the gym and like mm. I couldn't back out without having to pay a fee. Yeah. So I was like, Oh my gosh, thank you so much for inviting me. I already made plans to go to the gym, but like, please don't stop inviting me. Like, yeah. let me, you know, and I'll say yes another time. I really, really mean it. Like, to me, I'm like, oh, oh no. Like, I would like to show up and like form like a nice colleague relationship with you. And so, like, I think sometimes when you can't be there, like, if you are able to express the best of your intentions, like, I really, it is very unfortunate that I cannot do this right now, but I really do want to, and then yeah. actually follow through the next time. Yeah. That counts for something. Yeah, I guess accountability. Yeah. Like, if I if I know that when you can't show up physically, mm -hmm. it's not because you just blew me off. It's like, no, I couldn't show up this time because of this reason, but yes. I'll be there next time. Yes. Yeah, I think that says a lot. That can signal a lot to people. I think, like... It can be, it's very vulnerable to even be in a place where you're willing to ask someone to show up for you. For me, it's not even, it's hard to allow yourself to want that because that means someone else could disappoint you. Yeah. Which yeah. is, right? Like, that's scary. It's like, oh. I don't want to ask and have you say no because that's even worse than never asking. Mm -hmm. Or is it, I don't know, maybe just fear of vulnerability is like uh, a big thing. As someone who did that for yeah. years where I just would not ask for help. I wouldn't even ask partners for help. The fear of it is worse. Yeah. The fear of, of it is always worse. It just, your brain is just like, what crazy fear can I think of? Yeah. And it's like most people would or could, but that fear can often hold you back to prevent people from even showing up from you for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It is like a funny thing, but like sometimes <laughs> bizarrely also sometimes the way to show up for someone else is to let them show up for you oh yeah yeah no yeah that's actually a great point like putting the trust in someone that they'll show up for you is a big thing yeah mm -hmm. uh, hard to do though yeah it's reaching sometimes. out with open arms and an open yeah. heart 
It is hard. No, it's definitely hard. It's super <laughs> scary. Yeah. I mean, but you know, that's there. There are these moments. Like I remember, this story is a little bit tainted by what came later. But I had a moment <laughs> in college where I was just so upset and frustrated about like something weird that had happened with one of my close friends. And I walked back into the dorm and I walked past like a neighbor sitting on a couch. Like I knew him. Okay. Like we lived in the same building, but I didn't know him super well. And he's like, how are you? And I was like, and he's like, what is it? And I was like, it's kind of a lot. And he's like, no, tell me. And I'm like, okay. And I like sat down and I was like, so and like dove into the whole like shit storm with my friend. But like that, Ford of friendship between us because like in the moment he's like no really like what is it and I was like all right fine I'll tell you that is like one of those moments where I like I chose to be open and like it created uh like a good friendship between me and another person I'm like those those moments are kind of fleeting where you have a chance to do that but like they if you can like see them and grab them I feel that they're often worth it no I think so one of the mistakes I see people make in dating, relationships, friendships, any sort of relationship between people Mm -hmm. is uh, being closed off and hoping that they'll meet someone who makes them open up friend, relationship, otherwise. Mm. And I feel like that's like one of those dating myths. Yeah. Yeah. Like they'll make you open up. They'll like make you come out of your shell. Like maybe if you have new friends, you'll come out of your shell. And yeah, sure. That can happen. I mean, I've seen it happen before. People change and grow in relationships and that's fine. But I think it's brave because it carries a lot of risk. I think it's brave to open yourself up to people with no indication of like what they'll do. It's very brave to risk hurting yourself. And that's, I think that is also what makes people become good friends and become like better in relationships is you have to risk something to gain something. You can't just walk in like, okay, well, I'm sitting, it's like sitting down at a card table at a casino and saying like, I'm not going to bet. Well, you're not going to get cards. Like, you're just going to sit there like an asshole. Yeah. I mean, like, I guess you won't lose any money. but You won't lose any money, but you're just, they'll make you move. You know, yeah. like, you have to put in something to potentially get something back. That and drink they give you for free is going to be very watered down. Also, they won't give you a drink if you're not gambling. Mm, so, there you go. not even a watered down drink. Yeah. Yeah. So, there you go. But no, I think you have to let yourself be in a position where somebody can show up for you. And conversely, you have to show up for people who you want to show up for you. Yeah. Like, it won't be one-to-one. I don't think it'll ever be one-to-one. You can't show up the same ways that people can show up for you. Just No, but it's sort of like a bank account of trust. Mm -hmm. Like, you put in, you take out, but you both have to be engaging in the system. Otherwise, (laughs) your bank account goes into the red. And then you're both just like, hey, why aren't you showing up? Yeah, That's no good. Yeah. I think we kind of wrapped up on showing up for others. I think so, yeah. I think our things we love this week should be talking about a time that someone has shown up for us. Ooh, that's a great idea. Yeah. Do you want to go? Yeah, I'll go. This is very specific. This is another, like, long memory. Like, in college, I was in a tap dancing troupe, and... I didn't know this. Yeah. Well, I... I tap danced competitively for many, many years. And what? in college, I continue. I didn't ever, I've never told you this. You've never told me this. Yeah, I'm a national champion tap dancer. Are you being serious? Yeah, I'm very serious. Yeah, it's nuts. Yeah. I was on a team. Uh, so it wasn't just me. It was my whole team. They were, oh, but God. it was a great. Anyway, 
I continued to tap dance in college. And I was in the, I was on this, and we like sort of formed this like hodgepodge group of other tappers. And it was like this really great experience because I was like learning different styles from people for, who had like studied with all different types of artists. And it was great. And there was this, and so we were in this show and it was like sort of last minute that we even got to be in the show because we weren't a formally recognized student group. And um, I sent out a last minute email to like I think my dorm saying like hey I'm in this show and it was like at a weird time it was like Friday at 2 30 p.m. like who is available then yeah college students I guess but um, <laughs> but even then you know not necessarily and what I didn't realize was that my freshman year I had like a resident mentor it's supposed to be someone who like kind of like helps you like a faculty member who helps you like decide what to major in oh okay yeah and so I didn't realize he was on that email list, but he was, and he came to my tab show on like Friday at two thirty. Oh. And so like after the and it like show is kind of a strong word for what it was like. Like there was a tent with a stage, but a festival. I don't know. Anyway, so like after I performed, like we walked out of the tent, we're like, yay, we did it. And then the the faculty member came up to me and was like, great job. And I was like, oh my god. I was like, you came for this? And he's like, yes. And I was like so touched and I'm like wow thank you and like he's like when I was in college I was also a music major oh. and I was too terrified to tell anyone so I never told anyone when I had a show but one of my professors like saw my name on something and he came and it meant so much that there was one person in the audience who like cared about me so I always go to this kind of thing if I can and I was like wow way to pay oh, it forward yeah so that was cool. That guy showed That's up. That's really cool. Yeah. So I'll tell you about a time that somebody showed up for me. And I rarely, I rarely get to speak about this person on the podcast. But uh, yeah. one of my grandmothers, my maternal grandmother, mm-hmm. who passed in 2014, I want to say. So she never got to hear me have any podcast ever, uh, mm-hmm. which is great because she was very... Uh, conservative? <laughs> very... Uh, just to be... She's a black woman. Yes. But she's conservative in her worldview. Because mm-hmm. when it, when people say conservative grandma, like it, it usually means they're a racist. Um, right, or yeah, like yeah. loves guns or loves something. Gun. Yeah. No, no. She was a black woman from the South who moved to the North uh, and had a conservative viewpoint because she was a Christian. Okay. But anyway, so my grandmother, later in life, toward like the last 15 years of her life, she had like very limited mobility, got around in a scooter, that whole thing. Um, she had like crippling arthritis. She had like no, like she could maybe walk like five feet unassisted, mm-hmm. um, had lupus, constant, like just like she had a really tough fucking life. And she was an incredibly strong, incredibly tough, uh, incredibly stubborn woman. But uh, when I was 21, three days after my 21st birthday, I had a surgery. Mm-hmm. And at the time, it was like my mom lived in New York. But she was working and the only one who was around, I think, who could have like, they had to like discharge me out of the hospital. Mm -hmm. And like my grandmother showed up who could not walk upstairs, could not like get around comfortably. Like everything, anytime she left the house, it was a fucking chore. She had like oxygen tanks, all this shit. Mm -hmm. And And I woke up and my grandmother was the person that was there waiting for me. Wow. Yeah. And she was like, here's some apple juice. And I was like, "Ah, okay. Here's some here's some cookies. I got extra cookies. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna vomit if I eat this because I'm full on full of Vicodin. But thank you so much. And wow. Then we went home, and I'm like hunched over because it was yeah. like 
a surgery near my groin. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Everyone's uh, favorite kind of surgery. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm hunched over with my grandmother who's in her motorized wheelchair. And because she couldn't walk up or or downstairs and the New York City subway system is like not super wheelchair accessible. No, it isn't. We had to take like five buses to get from... St. Luke's in Harlem or Morningside Heights to fucking the South Bronx. Oh, boy. And she's, like, guiding me in her motorized wheelchair as I'm, like, hunched over it. And I'll never forget it. And it was, like, yeah, like, that was insane. Like, I didn't even know who's going to pick me up. My mother was, like, oh, I don't know. Like, we'll figure it out. She was, like, oh, I could show up at, like, 9 o'clock. And my surgery was over at, like, 3. And they're, like, you're discharged. They're, like, get out of here. And you're, like, Yeah, no. My grandmother showed up and, like... Yeah, no, she legitimately, like, could not get around. Like, she could not walk five feet. Yeah, and she showed up to pick me up for my surgery. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah, she was she was a tough old lady. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I, I rarely have things to talk about. Like, if you want us to talk about, like, being uh, Christian and mm-hmm. or, like, really, really funny sayings that older black women say, like, I could have a whole podcast about that. Is but. she the one, fix your face? Fix your face before I fix it for you. <laughs> yep, that's, that's my grandmother. Uh, my favorite thing is, she was weirdly very specific about language. Mm-hmm. Uh, she should have been a teacher, but um, she was really, really insistent that everyone speak properly and have, like, good grammar. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you can't go to the bathroom, you may go to the bathroom. Mm. So uh, one of the things that she hated, one of her biggest pet peeves was if, say, if I said something and you misheard me, mm-hmm. rather than saying, excuse me, can you repeat yourself? You'd be like, huh? Mm-hmm. She would say, if you go, huh, you can hear. It's like, okay. <laughs> like, she's like, okay. Like, thanks, grandma. Like, cool. Excuse me, can you repeat yourself? And then you just say, huh, the fuck with her. Mm. Like, huh? Huh? No, anyway. That's it. Um, the thing I love this week is my very complicated grandmother who I had a very complicated relationship with but mm. yeah thing i showing up for me i guess the thing i loved was that professor who i have not spoken to in like probably nearly two decades so yeah, but wow way to show gratitude yeah. hopefully he hears this thank you probably won't hear it but he will you never know we're big time he'll hear it in his heart yeah in his heart yes that's yeah that, that was pretty cool though yeah yeah all right um i'm glad we ended this episode on a positive note yeah yeah that's a good one all right do you want to close this out yeah Thank you for listening. Please subscribe if you don't already. Please write us a good rating or a terrible rating if you must. I don't know. Maybe don't. I'd prefer a good rating. Yeah, good rating. It's all the same to you. But in any case, if you can rate us on the iTunes store, it helps us. If you can subscribe, it helps us. And then other than that, I would say our favorite saying, which is good luck out there. All right. Bye.